0: I gave I gave a, a scripture in a devotion this morning, and did not plan did not plan on let that being the message for tonight. I just was giving a scripture, but uh, throughout the day I just kept being brought back to this scripture, and it's in Matthew chapter twelve. Matthew chapter twelve, and I and I will be sharing uh, a lot of different scripture tonight, but. There's this one phrase out of Matthew chapter twelve, verse thirty-four. It says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, I don't know about you. Have you ever had your mouth washed out with soap? See, I'm gonna on them hands. Well, come on, somebody. No. More than once. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Or the second or the third. <laughs> yes, um, that has happened. <laughs> Is that a thing in the north too? Oh, yeah, it was. Absolutely, right? It wasn't just a southern thing. Oh, boy. Well, you know, um, I wasn't, I was, I mean, I had older brothers. I'm the youngest of seven by seven years. And, you know, monkey see, monkey do, right? I was the parrot. If they said something, it must have been okay, because I would say it too. And I got in a lot of trouble for saying what they say. <laughs> it was not uh, not good. But then, you know, older, I was an angry kid, a kid who um, felt abandoned, a, a kid who, you know, as a, uh, biological father leaving, and and uh, just the nuances of blended families being the youngest and feeling, uh, feeling all kinds of emotions that I didn't understand. Anger was uh, anger was the mask. I always tell people anger is the mask emotion. It is the it is the the strongest emotion because it masks masks other emotions that we feel. A lot of times. The underlying current is not anger. It's hurt. It's wounded. All those other things. And anger comes out because it's strong. It helps me feel strong. And it could be that I was just really just weak, afraid, scared. I've told the story of a foster kid that we had that had been kicked out of 10 different high schools because every time he would go to the school... uh, the first person he found because he would just knock him slap out. He'd just, bam, you know, and kicked out of another school. And what I realized when I went with him to school was the fact that he was just so afraid. He would shake and just literally start tearing up, afraid. And so the thing that kept him feeling empowered was his anger. Well, I was one of those kids, and and I blew up on a lot of occasions and um, felt the wrath of, of my dad, mom. I remember, you know, I remember one time that I wish my dad had soap because the, I think the soap would have been a lot better than the belt. <laughs> and uh, I was at my dad's plant, and uh, he, had, he owned Anderson Steel Processing, and, and uh, he had, we were out on the truck doing something, and, and he, he told me, go get a specific tool. Well, I didn't know what the tool was, and I uh, used colorful language to describe why I didn't know what that uh, was. And um, that day, I wish he had soap because it wasn't a, it wasn't, it, it didn't feel good. Some of y'all been there, right? Y'all had that one too. That's not just a that's not just a Southern thing either, is it? <laughs> but then I've also asked some dumb questions in life. I've just, you know, unwittingly asked questions. You know, have you ever went and said something to somebody, like going up to a lady who may or may not look pregnant and asking them, are they pregnant? And them not be pregnant, and it's not a good thing either. Open mouth, insert foot. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) But I did learn to appreciate my time living in the north in Ohio because normally they were pretty direct. Um, they didn't beat around the bush. If if they had something to say or if they had something that uh, if you ask a question, you know, us Southerners, you ask a question and we go around the back door. We we talk about this other thing and then we finally get to the, that one question and then it's a maybe. Because we don't want to offend them to say no. When when really we just say, nah, I don't like that. Right? Y'all have had that experience too? Yeah. But this scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart. Verse 33 of that scripture says, either make the tree good and its fruit is good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit is bad for... A tree is known by its fruit. Verse 35, the scripture after that says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. The the thing that really stirred me is is that somebody somebody said, uh, because we're decorating for Christmas, they said, Let the turkey have his day. Right? But really, thanksgiving is something that we should celebrate every single day. According to First Thessalonians chapter five verse 18, it says, "Give thanks always," right? And it gives even a further context and understanding of give, thanks always, for this is the will of God concerning you. Amen. <laughs> and so, when I think of out of the abundance of, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I, I think of what's in our heart, because really the underlying current of what uh, keeps us from walking in a in an attitude or atmosphere of, of gratitude and thanksgiving is really heart issues. What's happened to us? Where have we been? And what? Healing needs to take place in us. I mean, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, 23 says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life or the source of life. So guard your heart. This is something we have to be careful. We have to guard our heart because uh, there's so many things that can, uh, the Spanish word is deñar, um to hurt, to break, To tear, to rent, if you will. There's so many things that we face. We—it's so easy to be offended in this world. It's so easy to take things the wrong way. It's so easy to be at the grocery store and somebody, you know, take the last close parking spot. You know, it's so easy for somebody to say something and and not intentionally hurt us, but we take things the wrong way. And, And perception is reality. How I many understand that? I mean, we we take things, even though it may not be true, if it's perceived to be true, we take it as truth. And then we run with it, or we're either hurt by it, or we're emotionally wounded by it. And so we have to be careful to guard our heart. I I, told somebody the other day, I said, you know, the, the key to guard your heart is, one, consider the source. And number two, don't take things personal. Because if you, and really uh, taking things personal is, is a matter of stance because it's, it's a dying out to self. It's really realizing that, you know what, you know, we're, especially when it's in the context of the body of Christ, we're all on the same team. So if someone says something that hurts, uh, what is the underlying Reason, what is the, the, the flow that's causing that to be there that that allows there to be this kind of tension so that so it, because how we understand we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So what what is the enemy trying to cause or keep me from? and so therefore let, I'm not going to take this personal. I want to find out what it is that's causing this so that we can make sure there's a healthy environment and that we're working together. Guard your heart. You know, I I spoke about Joshua chapter 3 crossing over the Jordan. And we talked about that God knows you. And we understand God knows us. If you were here Sunday, God knows you. He understands all about you. He knows the number of hair on your head. All these things. And and we saw where Joshua, he got to know God. He wanted to spend time in God's presence. And and so when you look at Deuteronomy chapter 3, this was in the context of telling the people, God speaking to the people before they went into the Jordan River. This is before they crossed the Jordan. And, and, and this is what he says in, in Deuteronomy chapter 8. I said, um, Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says, Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you. And listen to this. If you haven't underlined or if you're one of those people who don't mind underlining your Bible, underline this. To know what was in your heart. To know what was in your heart. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. That's the way we journey. That's the way we recognize how we're on this planet Earth. This, as one friend of mine says, this big marble that we're rolling on. And, and to realize that on this journey, that literally it's a consistent testing of our faith. It's a consistent purifying us cleansing us identifying the things that would hinder us and 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 so here the lord is, is is saying you know this hey didn't the didn't the lord god lead you all the way out of these 40 years how many how many of the lord's led you all these years yeah how many know that he's provided for you these years he's taken care of you he's looked out for you he's watched over you he's protected you and 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 To know what was in your heart. How do we respond? I mean, so many times we react to things, don't we? We are like nuclear uh, material ready to react. And yet, this is a learning process of growth. Uh, Even in James chapter 3, the first first, uh, verse, uh, or the second verse basically says, Hey, look, we're not all perfect. We're going to make mistakes, right? I say, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does stumble in word, he is perfect, a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. How many of y'all are perfect yet? Don't see no hands. No hands yet, huh? Because we're not perfect. We're being perfected. We're being perfected. We're in. We're walking in his presence. We're surrendering and submitting ourselves to him. And so therefore, he is perfecting us. But we've got to submit to the journey. We've got to be willing to, to face the trials, to face the temptations, to recognize that this journey is a process. And so when things happen, we have to not blow up, get mad. Because he did say, be thankful in all circumstances. But we have to identify, Lord, what are you teaching me? What are you showing me in this process of life? You know, because and the way that we can, the way that we can process, the way that we can um, allow these things to go through the sifter, sifter, if you will. I think, um, will, will, you might remember at Lee University and in, in uh, Lee One Hundred and One. I don't know who your Lee One Hundred and One teacher was. But I had the, the infamous Dr. Baudel. It was the first and last year that he ever taught the class because most of the people failed, Lee 101. It's supposed to be one of those introductory classes to know the school. but Dr. Baudel, for those of you who don't know, was the premier theologian who, who had taught at Edinburgh and taught at some of these big you know universities. and so he took every class as, as like, you know, super difficult. Well anyway. I do remember one thing. He talked about life being a sifter and that, uh, you know, as a, as, a per, as a person that we have to learn how to sift the things that don't apply. Of course, that class, a lot of things didn't apply. <laughs> but uh, I had to learn how to sift, you know, and, and I think we have to be careful that we don't let things catch in our sifter that need to flow through and that we don't let people in our journey attach to us that don't need to attach. There's some people that are just supposed to pass by. There's some people that we're supposed to connect with, and there's some that we're just supposed to pass by. We might learn a a sentence from, or we like, might have an experience uh, with, but they're not meant to. They're not meant to stay, right? And and the same with phrases and words that are spoken to us. You know, don't let things attach to you that that could hurt you or keep you or uh, to cause bitterness in your heart, but let your life be a sifter to let those things flow through. But the way we're able to do that is, is the, starting with verse 1. Every commandment which I command you today, you must observe, be careful to observe. When we observe the things of God, uh, this this command, the word commandment uh, literally means voice or word. So when we realize that we've got to Listen to the voice of God, and, and we we align that with His with this this holy book right here, right? And we listen to the voice of God, and we allow those words to to speak into us, and we observe those things. Why? So that you may live and multiply. Amen. God, that we might that we might live and increase, and may enter. And possess the land that He's promised us. So we have to, so so we have to be able to observe the Word of God. So that if we're observing the Word of God, if we're keeping our eyes on Him, then He will allow us, give us the courage, the strength, everything we need to live and to multiply and to go in and possess that which He's promised uh, to promise to us. The second thing that that, that really. Identifies here is, and you shall remember, verse 2, and you'll remember that the Lord your God led you. Now, you know, this might be controversial because we don't like to think that the Lord would lead us into into scenarios that would cause us to have to depend on him. (laughs) Think about this. It was the Spirit of the Lord who led Jesus into the wilderness. When we're following the Holy Spirit, we might be led into circumstances that we're thinking, "God, I thought you loved me." We might be led into to, to situations where we're thinking, "You know, Lord, why, why did you lead me here? Why am I in this place?" I thought that a few times while I was in Honduras, like every Monday and every. No, I mean, there's multiple times when, when we're when within the first couple of months we're being robbed. And and we're thinking, God, why did you lead me to this place? Why did you put me in this in this situation? Why is this happening to us? Multiple situations like that. We wonder, oh, God, why? And a lot of people fall away because the lack of trust in Him, the lack of Leaning into his words, observing his truth. The Lord, one is the Lord your God led you. Look, he didn't tell you to go. In other words, he didn't send you there by yourself. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll feel no evil. For why? Because you are with me. The Lord didn't lead, Lord didn't just point you in a direction and say, go there and do this. But the Lord led us. He's with us. He walks with us. You know, um, I've heard multiple different scenarios of the shadow of death. But to think of that we're in his shadow. We might be walking through a valley of death. But what is overshadowing us is the presence of God. He's caring for us. He's watching over us. And he's with us. And it says that he led us all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart. I think that the biggest thing that, especially in our society, and I don't want to say in our society. I've, I've learned it out of the many, many countries that I've been to, people are people no matter where, they, where no matter where you are. People are people. They have the same hurts, habits, and hangups wherever we are because sin is sin in the world. And you might be, I mean, you might be a person living on the Bordeaux as a squatter on on the river, but even a person living in that condition can still have a pride issue. And I recognize that pride is so hard for us to break because we like to be in control, don't we? We like to... Uh, we like to have it our way. We like to see it done our way. It's my way or the highway kind of mentality many, many times. Or or I've seen it in different ma- manifest in different ways of when people are, are in need, they won't accept help because they don't want anybody to know they're in, in the situation they're in. Pride. And sometimes I believe that we walk through situations to help us recognize that we don't have everything we need. We have to be humbled before him. Verse 3 says, "So so he humbled you and allowed you. That word allowed, it gets a lot of people hung up. He allowed you to hunger. He allowed them to go through this. I think, like I said, some people get hung up with that. But then he fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. I mean, manna literally means "what is it," and so it develops trust. We we have to get to a place where we say, "Lord, I don't know what I don't know what it is, but you're supplying my need, Lord. I don't know how it's coming, but I know that you're in the midst because God, uh, you are satisfying my soul. I don't I don't dig a pit. I, I think Kim talked about." Um, uh, in First Kings chapter 19, as part of the devotion this morning, she, she talked about Elijah being uh, led to the brook uh, Cherith and how that he was fed by the ravens, you know. And God, God didn't tell him to go to the one. He, he's the one that prophesied. Sometimes God may have you prophesy and you, uh, you have to face the very things that you prophesy. You have to go through the very uh, journey with everybody else. Knowing that, that God will provide in the midst of your prophetic word that he give you to, to, to deliver. And then the, the crazy thing, it wasn't that God said, hey, go dig a ditch and I'm going to give you a bunch of food and you're going to just hang out there for, no. Daily he sent the ravens. Now this was something that, that uh, messes us up because isn't ravens unclean? Aren't they considered unclean? So here God sends something unclean Something that's a scavenger, something something that steals, ornery, to provide daily. So we we may not know what it is. We may not understand what manna stands for. We may not understand manna because we're like, God, you've allowed us to be here, but we trust you that whatever it is, manna, that you're sending, that you'll provide. Got to guard our heart, don't we? Because can you imagine Israel? I mean, what was it that kept Moses out of going into the promised land? Struck the rock, right? So it was an attitude of ingratitude that kept him from experiencing the promised land. God provide water, but it wasn't in his timing, what, what he wanted. It wasn't how he wanted, and he struck the rock. How much does us not guarding our heart, allowing ourselves to become frustrated in the journey, keep us from receiving the greater blessing, keep us from experiencing even more? We've got to guard our heart, right? I need to move on. <laughs> um, I mean, when you think of even Romans chapter one when it, when it talked about those um, who, had, who, who were being foolish, if you will, in verse 21 of Romans chapter one, it says, "Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful." So even ingratitude was a process of those who were falling away from God. Of course, it goes on and and, and uh, talks about the immorality and those uh, exchanging the natural affections. In other words, women uh, with women and men with men. And, and, but yet it, at the end of that, it goes in and says... Uh, Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, malice, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They were whisperers, that that could be gossipers, uh, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, uh, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. I'm not not all of them, but sometimes we allow some of them to manifest in us. Sometimes we allow unforgiveness. Sometimes we aren't as loving as we should. Sometimes we aren't as merciful. Sometimes we are proud. Sometimes we are boasters. So God, guard our hearts. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So what's in the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and if we're to guard our heart, we have to guard what, what's there because uh, it, it's kind of like, like a hot water heater. I mean, I told my wife, I said, uh, our, our mouth is like a hot water heater, a uh, pressure valve. And she says, you'll have to explain that to me. <laughs> but um, at the top of a, normally at the top of the tank of a, a hot water heater, there's a little valve. And, and, and what it does is, is that uh, because the water is being heated, it expands. Water expands when it heats. And that pressure valve is that if if the pressure gets to a certain extent, instead of exploding, that pressure valve will release and it will spew some water out or spew some air out so that it doesn't explode. Am I right? I'm trying to look for Am I saying that good? I'm looking to those who I would know. I'm trying to give them a little wink. Is that right? <laughs> and, and our mouth is the same way. We allow things in, and, and, they, and, and they just simmer. I mean, it's kind of like if you got a new car, right we get excited about it, right we just can't hold it back it's kind of like the pastor when found out megan was pregnant i couldn't hold it back yeah. and i had to ask for forgiveness but we get excited about things and we can't hold them back but same thing goes with when we're full of of hurt and anger or bitterness you know uh i've i've I know we're recording, so I'll be careful. <laughs> but some people, some people speak, and they just say, "Well, that's just who I am." Some people uh, feel empowered to belittle or tear down or or, or or spew, and it's well, that's just the way I was raised. And 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 I don't think that God's ever given us the right to tear down people because I think we're called to edify to build up, to encourage, to breathe. I mean, if if we are, if the Spirit of God lives in us and we are uh, life givers, then we should give life, not take away life. And so this word in Proverbs 18, death and life are the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. We have to be careful what we're feasting on, what we allow in, what we allow to affect our heart so that we don't become the the pressure valve of anger or the pressure valve of of bitterness, that we spew that on other people. I mean, look, when somebody gets angry and hangs up on you, you, does that make you feel good? No, no. And that's not the appropriate response. When we are struggling with something, the appropriate response should be that we communicate and figure out, hey, well, how can we help you? How can I help you? How? What is it that has triggered you? And let, let, let's figure it out. Let's work together. Let's find it. But some folks who are struggling, who are overwhelmed by hurt or who are overwhelmed by past brokenness, they don't know how to handle emotions. They don't know how to handle the process of, of what's going in. And it's easier to spew it out and tell everybody about it than to really work out the underlying issue of the hurt that's on the inside. But if we're here to edify, if we're here to build up, is that appropriate as a body of Christ? Ephesians chapter 5, 4 and 5 says, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse gestures, uh, which are not fitting, but but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that nor no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is in idolatry, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ of God, of kingdom of Christ and God. We have to be careful what we're saying. And and, and look, guys, I, I, it's it's a struggle for me because some pastors want to tell jokes that are inappropriate. And, and I'm like, it's just uncomfortable. I'm like, bro, that's not how we talk, you know? And they think that just because they're amongst themselves that they can say those things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it ain't right. If it ain't right to say to this crew, it ain't right to say amongst yourselves. You Got to guard your heart. Always. Always. James chapter three and i'm i'm a pastime but james chapter 3 talks about guarding your tongue right i mean it it talks about the how that they put a bit in a horse's mouth and they can tame the horse right and it talks about how that the the great winds can toss a ship but a little bitty rudder uh, can lead the ship and it says and the tongue who can tame it right Goes on, says the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it setteth on fire the course of nature, which is set on fire by hell. We have to be careful about this tongue. I believe, and this is my personal, and and I'm not sure if it's the most theological, but I really believe that the reason that we look at the the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit as speaking in tongues because it is the Holy Spirit is the only one that can control the tongue. And so when we surrender to the Holy Spirit, we're surrendering completely to Him. We're even giving Him the, the most, uh, most difficult tool to tame the tongue. I believe it is... It is Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5. Was it Isaiah when he says, Woe is me, for I'm amongst a people of unclean lips. I'm a man of unclean lips, and amongst a people of unclean lips, right? And what did the Lord of hosts do? What did the angel of the Lord do? He went, took a coal of the altar, and he touched his lips. He cleansed him. I say I, I say that to say this, that we think that well, you know, I'm I'm a Christian, I don't need my lips cleansed, but even a prophet of God can recognize when we get into the presence of God our imperfections and our need for the Holy Spirit to have a work in us to cleanse us. And I pray that you know this is. I pray that that we recognize that Thanksgiving is not something that we do once a year. I'm thankful for the uh, Mayflower and, and landing here and, and thankful that we have the privilege of, of the freedoms that we have and all those things. But man, I pray that we'll grab a hold of this, this word of God that says be thankful always. Be thankful always, because if you can look at individuals around you and, and identify things to be thankful for, you'll recognize there's a whole lot more to be thankful for than to grumble and complain about. Amen. Don't get into the, 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 the I guess, the flow of wickedness where it's constantly degrading and tearing down and divisive. But find a way to be thankful. find Find ways to recognize the giftedness and the and value and the and appreciate what God's done around you and go, those who put. Look, some people He puts from your life to be sandpaper, and you just say, "Thank you, Jesus. You've You've helped to hone me, Lord. You know You're helping me." Let's always be thankful, Father. I praise you. That we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you, Lord, for the worship time tonight where we could experience a deeper call from you. And I pray, Lord, that that we will guard our heart, that you would help us as we draw deeper into relationship with you, God, that we will remember that you are leading us and that you're with us, that we will, that we will look to your word for strength and encouragement, that we will. Walk in obedience to you, Lord. Obedience to your word. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that so many people have lost that word, obedience. So many have cast it away. And they only want to follow the things that are applicable in their mind. But God, help us to be consecrated in our whole life, taking the whole truth. And following you completely. Lord I praise you. And I honor you. And I thank you for tonight. For all that you're going to do. In us and through us. We give you the praise in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you guys. May the Lord keep you and guard you. Um, we appreciate all those who helped break down and set up this past weekend. And. Uh, In the hallways, it's already uh, beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And then so uh, this Sunday, we should have a a lot of things in here that's uh, um, Christmassy. Uh, We've pulled down, as you can see, we pulled down three pallets from manna. And so they're going to jump in and start decorating this weekend. Uh, It's going to be really pretty. And I appreciate all those who have already invested time into that too. Bless you guys. Lord willing, I'll see you Sunday. If not before, unless further, uh, what does does Dr. Moser say? He says something like, "Unless attention is needed sooner." But there you go.